0: Heard of the Goat Man of Texas, or should I say, Goat Men of Texas? Surprisingly, Texas is big enough for two different and unique Goat Men legends, the two entirely different lores and Angles of approach in the realm of the paranormal. Today we're going to be talking about both. The older of the two stories. And the Goatman of Texas. It's the legend of Alton Bridge. I can almost repeat this from memory because I've seen so much about it just throughout the years. Um, I also love the Ghost Adventures special they did uh, on Texas, in which they covered El Paso and the Goatman bridge of uh, Alton and the Alton Bridge, Goatman Bridge in Dallas or Plano, and, um, over Copper Creek, or Copper Canyon, and, uh, Copper Canyon Creek, I believe is what it's called, and, um, it's just fucking, like, it's established as a place of demonic possession, or a demonically possessed place, rather, um, Or an extremely hostile poltergeist. In the classic sense of telekinesis and people literally getting jacked up, picked up, thrown across the bridge. Witnessed in multiple occasions this occurring as well as even documented in the Ghost Adventures special where they investigate the bridge. Um... And by the way, watch that special. It's fucking one of the best ones they ever did. You're really going to watch a few Ghost Adventures or even one or two. Watch the Goatman Bridge one. That is 100% fucking Kino. Kino Ghost Bros. In the classic sense of the word, where there is real shit happening... There's little fucking uh, blink and you'll miss it creepy shit going on, like uh, that's been caught not by them but in review. So if you can, watch like an unedited or, uh, you know, a, an original release and not one of the rebroadcasted segments. Uh, because, for example, there is a scene in a bus where they're talking to one of the female crew members who is being negatively, psychically affected, basically oppressed by this. Goatman Poltergeist Which seemingly Targets women Uh, especially intensely With its malevolence Rather than men But it targets everybody Hostily if they are trespassing Especially after dark And especially closer to the witching Hour, three o'clock in the morning Uh, when the veil is thinnest And it is most powerful And able to act, um But yes, that she is being counseled uh, by this host, Zach Baggins. And in the background window, you can see for a split second what appears to be a goat's face looking through the window. And yes, people say pareidolia. Um, It's just branches aligned in a certain way. Uh, and yes, and I, I understand that, yes, what you're seeing are the branches outside the window of the tree line and how they bend and sway. But yes, also, unmistakably, if you look at it, you cannot help but notice that there is a goat face looking through the fucking window when they're talking about the goat man. And shit like that, or the the effects that it has on Aaron Goodwin, which is, I mean, everyone who watches that Ghost of Witches show knows that Aaron is the fucking man. He's the boss. Uh, He's so humble and um, abused and exploited by the crew. And he just wants to be a team player. And he's actually the most sensitive and uh, aware and intelligent of all the researchers. In my opinion, he's he's the best one out of the group. And he genuinely has a lot of encounters and a lot of evidence. Um, And he's able to shrug off shit that most people would just quit. if they were were in his shoes uh, paranormally investigating places. He is able just to fucking walk through that shit like a boss. Um, But yeah, Aaron, uh, he gets thrown. He gets fucking jacked up and thrown almost 20 feet. And they show where he was and where he landed. And if he was going to throw himself that far, I mean... I mean, fuck, that's... (laughs) Like, I mean, even then, like, the possibility that he, he committed it, like, I mean, he is still a grown adult man. He's not an athlete in that kind of sense that he's able to vault like, you know, 10 to 15... Like, think about it. Like If you're going to throw yourself completely down uh, for the sake of, of faking something, would you uh, choose to launch yourself 10 to 15 feet? Or would you just choose to, like, get shoved over? Um, you know, it, it's... They didn't have special effects crews, like action coordinator crews. They didn't have, like, rope pulley systems, like to do that. He absolutely was thrown 20 feet back and looked like it. You know, he was covered in shit and, and fucked up and scared and absolutely panicking. And, and um, you know, you can see it for yourself. The Goatman's Bridge, though, is basically uh, the older of the two stories. The one with the more association with history, Texas, Texas history, Texas culture, and the communities of the past... Um, and arguably the more Texan of the two stories, it has to do with racism. It has to do with the KKK, um, the lynchings, the lynching history of Texas where 600 people were lynched between 1880 and, uh, 1920. It has to do with, uh, you know, freed slaves after the civil war. And the hostility that they encountered in Texas because uh, we both had a large black population and were a pro-slavery state. Uh, that, that was one of the last to actually like, accept the Emancipation Proclamation. This is true. Also, the slavery issue is why Texas had to uh, fight Mexico. Or why Mex- or they rebelled against Mexico. It's not because the Mexicans were exploiting them or treating them badly. It was because they, did, the Mexicans didn't believe in slavery. <laughs> because Mexicans are Catholic and Catholics don't believe in slavery. And so uh, the Texans were like, no, we want slaves. White men are not equal with blacks. Blacks are our indentured servants. And basically the, they were like, no, you got to stop that shit because... We don't have slavery in Mexico There is no part of Mexico That endorses slavery Every man is free Even if they're not equal And it's like That was the issue That forced Texas to say like Fuck that we're our own country come and take it motherfuckers exactly like what the fuck like we weren't heroes There were just a bunch of racist white men who kept wanting to own niggers and fucking like own them and and fucking make them pick cotton and shit in the fucking sun how else do you think texas was colonizing the 110 degree heat plus <laughs> blood and sweat fucking slaves and it's like wow Wow, these motherfuckers are just, like, the fucking worst, and that's how Texas was uh, formed. It was just a bunch of psychopathic, uh, you know, racist (laughs) slave owners who practiced satanic black magic they called Freemasonry. (laughs) And it was 100% like Mexico just being too fucking far away. To actually make a claim on... By the time Santa Ana actually invaded Texas... He was like... He had already conquered 10 other states' armies... And like... His men were exhausted... They were tired... They were also overconfident... Because they had taken over 10 other states... In like a year... Um... And the, the Texans were being fed... You know... Weaponry by... Andrew Jackson in and the U.S. Army... And that was in Fort Polk in, in Louisiana... And they would just send boats over to the Gulf of Mexico, and supply the Texans with fucking guns because they were white Freemasons, and they were just asked. <laughs> they were just like, "Hey, U.S. Army, can you give us some guns? We'll join you. You know, if you, we like, you like, you know, we're gonna be your friend when we make a fucking country. Of course, we're gonna trade with the United States. What the fuck are you say? Like we're just part of the, like, you know, the whole system. Just a new annexed territory. to us like, yeah. Point is though, uh, Texans hate. Black people, <laughs> and that said, without hesitation, and it's not that I I endorse that. I do not. I am not racist. Trust me. In my life, going to both public schools, being uh, born poor, and you know then going into the military, as well as college and everything, there's not in any way, shape, or form uh, a trace of racism. I am as you know, as oddly enough, politically as correct as they come. Um. You know, I don't even, I mean, I'm not trying to say like, oh, deep in my heart, I believe that because I don't. And it's just, that's how much bullshit it is. But yeah, no, that is not like, that's one of the things like, no. No, I'm not, I'm not actually. There's not one part of me that believes in race superiority and supremacy, which is the key component of racism. And so, no, as much as I want to rag on and make fun of people based on their stereotypes and shit like that, it's like calling uh, Patrice O'Neill, uh, the comedian, <laughs> the black comedian Patrice O'Neill, a racist. Because he was critical of his own kind, or everyone else, and for that matter, or like Louis C.K. is a, a racist when he's just using Jester's privilege, and are calling it like he like it is because it is true because it's funny like Andrew Dice Clay, George Carlin, the traditions of Lenny Bruce. Um, it, that's the thing we can all we can all joke about this shit because it's the only way to handle it without going insane. But no, there is no trace of racial superiority or bigotry. Riches racism against someone else Based on prejudice of their abilities That beyond top secret Texan Ever will endorse Lifestyle choices, different matter uh, Political You know, viewpoints, whatever uh, As long as it because People forget, this is America And America is You sh- can have and do whatever the fuck you want And believe whatever the fuck you want For a certain limit uh, And that's the point <laughs> That's the point, like yeah, of course Express yourself, explore uh, the great Sodom and Gomorrah that is America and everything. But, you know, when you're born American, you will die American. That's just the case. And Americans, uh, by and large, um, are racially progressive peoples. If anything, that's the one thing we are. Racially progressive peoples. Ideally. Not lifestyle not political views, not property views, not, not business views or whatever, like, prop, you know, economic views or whatever, but it's racial views that ultimately we've made the most progress in our own minds idealistically about, right? So, now I'll put that, just because it's beyond top-secret technology. Like I've said this before. I'm proud to be from Texas because of the land and of the people that I'm from, but not because of the government or the culture or the shit like that, and I'm not going woke or go broke or anything like that, but I am saying that, um, yeah, I know that for the, those like Texas KKK, I know Texas Texas, Texas, and, Texas, and racism go together like fucking peanut butter and jelly, I know that kind of shit, uh, I know that the Freemasons are by and large a Teutonic racist segregated um, system. I know that the Freemasons run Texas I know Texans support Israel I don't fucking support Israel Because Israel's is a racist apartheid state And shit like that The Texans do Go- Texas Governor Greg Abbott does All that shit The Texas uh, you know, militants and conservatives and people who want Texas do They're racist That's why the whole border situation exists I know this inherently That's why I don't really talk about that kind of shit Because it is racist talking points They're racist dog whistles it's why they want to go to war with Mexico, because it's a, based on a racism. It's based on literally people thinking Mexicans are, by and large, a criminal and terrorist state, just like the Arabs. And it's just like, yeah, if you're not from America, you're an Arab, basically. And the neocon conservative uh, agenda, just like how it was if you weren't white and you were basically a nigger and you were a slave. And yeah, I grew up hearing all that kind of shit So it's like, whatever, fucking no I'm not gonna censor myself on how I talk Because I know in my heart I'm not a racist So, just because, uh, you know People are gonna be like, oh, what the fuck I say it as it is, I'm, I keep it real But at the same time, no ladies I, like, you like, know, I'm not You know, I am not, um The redneck, uh Confederate flag waving uh, you know Um uh, you know, white supremacists or anything like that at all. At all. So, just know that where I'm coming from, this story. (laughs) Just as a small aside. So, yeah. um, And that reprehensible history of the lynchings, because I just want to say that now, I've been reading a lot of that lynching shit, reading a lot about that um, fucking racist history of Texas and uh, the brutal vigilante killings and the lynchings and shit like that Um, oh fun fact they were Democrats that did that shit Fun fact, it was Democrats who were lynching all the black people in Texas, because the Texas Democrats were called Dixiecrats back then, and the KKK was formed by the Democratic Party. So I just want to kind of reference that. Uh, Political party-wise, it's not Republicanism or anything like that. Modern-day conservative political history, it is actually what it is for what it is. Uh, Texas Democrats were uh, basically ruling like a, a feudalistic empire based on racial segregation. And they were keeping that uh, upheld by massive t- acts of terrorism called lynchings. Absolutely. So this, this Goatman thing has to do with that. <laughs> this Goatman story has to do with that. And from that shared scarred psychosis, uh, this, that, that psychotrauma of uh, history, that dark shadow, that nightmare which we all wish to wake up from called history, out is spawned the Goatman of Texas. Which, by and large, probably is that, probably is the victim, a a goat herder, a a freed slave goat herder, who was both unintimidated by the local KKK and uh, very successful in his uh, personal life and the way he carried himself on in town, even though he was but a goat herd. You know, a businessman is a businessman. Um, Money is money, and money talks. It doesn't matter if you get that money uh, slinging goat milk, or you know, selling goats or selling you know whatever. Uh, You know, they they were jealous, so they killed him. They killed him. They lynched him. They had told him to move, and when they lynched him, apparently they killed his goats, uh, set his goats on fire. Is one of the popular things that they say, uh, happened. The KKK set his goats on fire. The KKK, um, hung him from the bridge for everyone to see, or crucified him on the bridge. There are different accounts. They either hung him by the neck, lynching him from the bridge, uh, so everyone can see, or they threw him off the bridge after they shot him, uh, you know, cut his throat, threw him off the bridge so that his blood would go into the water, or either crucified him to the... We're not really clear. (laughs) We're not really clear how they fucked him up, but they fucking killed the shit out of him. And... um, Some even say that they cut a goat's head off and then cut his head off and put it, you know, the goat's head on his head. Because the name for this guy was a nigger goat man. And so, yeah, that was the thing. The, The goat man of Dallas is this brutal... Fucked up, retelling and surviving memory of lynchings that occurred specifically on this bridge and specifically against the goat herder. And now the hauntings, the poltergeist activity, are either directly reported to be this guy who uh, is hostile to any trespassers on his bridge, but especially white women. Because I think if that's the case, then maybe a white woman was directly responsible for his death. Maybe he knew her or had some bad business dealings or a bad run-in with her, a bad crossing. And she basically caused the drama, caused the issue and that would call, ultimately lead to his death. Right? That's what I believe. That this was a classic case of whistling at a white woman you know, causes a race riot in town. Basically, the politics of the fucking KKK South, which was basically, yeah, for as minor violation as that of a black man whistling at a white woman, you know, sexually, like, kind of flirtatiously or, like, you know, lasciviously, carnally, whatever you want to say, like, yeah, you know, hey, a cat calling her. um, That would cause a full-blown race riot. Uh, between whites and blacks in a segregated community, where like black communities would be burned down and terrorized and shit, random strangers would be killed and and like exactly <laughs> like beaten to death because of this extremely socially enforced taboo of you know miscegenation or miscongenation or whatever they call it, uh, miscegenation the the interbreeding the mixing of races and shit and so yeah uh maybe he had an affair with a white woman and and that for you know maybe she told maybe maybe it was she was gossiping maybe the entire idea that he was even attracted to her to begin with you know he hates white women he hates white women with a passion intensively attacks them um it is also the description that in ghost adventures they gave which i think is really important because it's also really accurate as to what I think is going on, and that this is even older than that, uh, using the energy, the cursed energy, or maybe even that events of the lynching, maybe even the events of the lynching, was because this is a cursed area, a portal, an intersection, a of, vile of vortice of some something. Or maybe even a hellmouth in a sense, because it opens to a different, like subterranean world. Or the creek might energize some kind of uh, crystalline and, and like structure or something. But it's also connected to water in the second way. Goatmen are connected to water. That this goatman is actually a giant. Aaron Goodwin of Ghost Adventure fame. In that, in that special where they investigate, he is, like he says, oppressed and kind of possessed by the Goatman's ghost when he picks him up and throws him, and before, and he says in his own words that he feels like he's 20 feet tall, and he's looking down on everybody, and he's angry like like you're trespassing why are you here don't you know that you're not supposed to be here what do i have to do to scare you off and he feels this anger and frustration and then they also take photos of light eyes eyes shine that's very very tall up that's like very high up not an animal not a deer not an armadillo or anything on the ground but very very high up so, there is a lot of, like, cross-shatter between Sasquatch community, etc., but I think this is a type of creature that I've talked about called the White Devils, which are like a psionic, um, psychic, uh, almost ethereal type of creature that's physically a humanoid ungulate, a horned, hoofed, uh three-toed type creature that's a chimera in many ways that has long arms with very sharp and long claws hands that basically look like humans but with, with sharp edges to them um, almost universally they have this feature uh, this is how you would know them apart from other humanoids these longer than than usual, you know, sharp-end uh, claws, large hands. Uh, the fact that they are subterranean, the fact that they are generally very tall, but generally very thin uh, for their body size, but, you know, not necessarily, unpa- like, they're weak. They are very powerful when they want to be, and they can be. And they have horns. Generally, the faces of uh, goats are... Bulls, um, anything that you would find reminiscent to have horns, deer, um, comes to mind. They generally are not either any of those things upon closer inspection, but they because they share so much relative, you know, DNA with them, some special connection to them, some evolutionary connection to them. Like we connect with apes, our faces appear to be like simian primate faces. Their faces appear to be these uh, horned animals, these, these grazing animals because they are from this type of grazing uh, evolutionary tree. Now, um, they're chimeric they're obviously a DNA connection of many different things and we engaged them because their civilization had grown to a huge industrial level an empire that was fit to rival ours, based on a feudal system that would based on uh, cannibalistic ritualistic uh, religions and that would hunt human beings and guard their realms after having already been forced south into the lands because of uh, human uh, humanity's encroachment the earliest days that they basically would uh, wage another war on humanity in Europe and that would cause world war 1 etc these are just the occurrences of seeing them in North America which no doubt they do exist and just have taken the 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 hint of being As clandestine as possible. (laughs) But these are absolutely the effects that were reported on the battlefield from what I can gather. Psionic oppressions, uh, intense visions of fear and hallucinations, uh, terror, uh, unease, the possession, the physical possession, invisible attacks, uh, you know, pushing, uh, shoving, um, you know, um, attacking when people are asleep, causing sleep paralysis. Um, you know, basically these, these creatures fight with their minds, with psionics, with, with the ability to project and control these illusions. And, and they do that to intimidate their prey, to, to basically corral the prey. Because while they're physically not as powerful sometimes as, as even people are, They still have this amazing ability to stay, uh, you know, invisible or to hide their presence with illusionary, projected psionic realities. So what you're thinking, you're looking at a tree, it could be them, and then you just walk right past them. Or, you know, they're blending in the shadows, basically just using their mind as a ranged weapon. You know, just like we would use a rifle. And these are lone, these are ancient, these are probably have been there for generations. These probably are just centuries to larger communities that exist in the subterranean worlds, and that could be right underneath this bridge, that could be an intersection of ley lines, a vile vortice. But the lynching theory would see that that is the ghost of this individual. And maybe what we know of the afterlife is is both right and wrong, Where when someone dies of a massive trauma, they are not freed, but they are bound due to the thirst for revenge and the hatred that they experienced. But at the same time, um, making deals with demons, making deals with devils, absolutely in these moments of desperation are 100% possible. Making a deal with Satan to uh, come back and, and haunt this place and forever terrorize the people who killed you. Uh, But doing so in this kind of uh, brutal, uh, satanic, hellspawn, you know, goat warrior body. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Until maybe the end times when the veil is thinnest or in these moments when the veil is thinnest that you could actually materialize and and be seen and or, uh, you know, lash out and reach out and attack something. Completely possibilities to all those. Right? But I think that for me... The theory that I'm following is a little bit of the lynching, the scar of the lynching, and um, the idea that this is actually a unconnected to that type of creature, a crypto-terrestrial that is part of a larger, you know, is type of race of species that lives on Earth. That is these type of goatmen, these these they call them white devils. That, for lack of a better term, they are what we call low-tech beings, because they don't have, you know, say, space travel or ready access to, like, you know, nuclear reactors or whatever, uh, intercontinental missiles. But they do have the ability to forge metals, you know, create clothes, books, things like that, print presses. Um, and their society is reminiscent of our own history in terms of abilities and capabilities, say Renaissance or Middle Ages, and, you know, even in times in parody, the Industrial Age and things like that. But they're also just capable of these physical attributes, which left it alone in the wild, um, you know, a century would not be uh, shy to use, especially if it was just distract and to keep what they would see as a trespassers from going any further or digging any deeper, you know, especially if these people were just idiots and kept going just for this experience, you know, to be basically challenged by the gate guard of this white devil society at this bridge. And every time they came close and it would psychically attack them or, you know, toss them around and, and attack them while it was cloaked. Um, you know, they they are satisfied. They get the ghost, they get the goatman experience of Denton. They get the goatman experience of uh, you know Altman Bridge, and um, they're scared. They're scared shitless, and they come back for more. But they don't go deeper in the forest. They don't go down that river. They don't go uh, checking around looking for entrances into subterranean worlds, caves, anything like that. And you know. As so far, we've reached a status quo, a kind of a equilibrium of a stalemate, and, and this is one of those worlds where the proof is there, it's intersecting, it's just that no one digs any deeper, and we have all this folklore and all this legend that satisfies us, and our desire is to, like, you know, you know, to explain our own history, we're like, yes, yeah, so there's this lynching here, this lynching was fucked up, and this lynching is so terrible... That must be the cause for the Goatman bridge. That must be why the Goatman exists. Because this guy who raised goats was killed by the KKK. And you're like, well, both are real. But I think it's because that bridge is home to a lot of negative uh, energy type shit. But this 100% is kind of like a, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg situation. The second is the Lake Worth Monster. Now this one I think is uh, more evident that this creature is a chimera, but it is a creature of flesh and blood. Not a a creature that's misidentified like a Sasquatch, but rather a unique type of horned, half reptilian, half um, goat man, uh, humanoid with claws of a large predator like a lion and thus a definition of a chimera a true definition of a chimera if you would interpreted it after hearing its description as the four limbs of a lion the head of a goat the head of a goat, the four limbs of a lion the legs although I guess I got the head and legs of a goat the four limbs an upper body, the mane of a lion and the skin of a snake and hearing that I mean, yes, everyone thinks chimera they think an actual lion with a lion's head and mane and everything a goat head sticking out the back like in the middle of the back or, you know, besides the main head and a snake tail, right? Swinging around. But those three elements, claws of a lion, claws and mane of a lion, head and legs of a goat, skin of a snake, produces the description of the Lake Worth Monster. In Texan folklore, the Lake Worth Monster is a legendary creature said to inhabit Lake Worth at the Fort Worth Nature Center and Refuge, just outside of Fort Worth, Texas. The creature is often described as part man, part goat, with scales and long clawed fingers. Reports of sightings by local citizens of a half man, half goat with fur and scales in July 1969 led to the belief that a mysterious creature lived in Lake Worth. Newspapers reported the alleged sightings including one in which the monster landed on a man's car after jumping out of a tree and another in which it threw an automobile tire out of a group of people. Newspapers also published a photograph reportedly taken of the creature by Alan Pastor. The locals began driving out to the lake at night to get a good look at it. Local police investigated the claims but found no evidence of the monster in Lake Worth and Greer Island area officially. as this reporting of it. It's something monstrous is looking among the singing cicadas and rustling reeds in the shoreline of the western fork of the Trinity River. First spotted 45 years ago this month, the creature has been known to throw tires and scare teenagers. Real or imagined, the thing appeared to be part man and part goat. With scales and long clawed fingers, witnesses claimed it made the pages of the daily newspaper in whipped Tarrant County into a monster hunting frenzy in the summer of 1969. So that's right. The description was part man, part goat, with scales and long clawed fingers. So remember my description of a chimera if you think about it this way. The front claws and mane of a lion, the head and legs of a goat, and the skin of a snake. Instead of thinking of a chimera as a lion's head and lion's body, a goat sticking out the middle, and a snake tail, think about the front claws and mane of a lion, the goat head and horns and legs of a goat, and the skin of a snake. And you get the description of one of these white devils Because when it was photographed and seen, it was absolutely white. Described as a white fuzzy snowball. The descriptions of a rather unkempt, maybe exiled or hermetic member of the white devil species. That was discovered at Lake Worth. Even today, stories of the monster known as the Goatman can be heard around campfires in North Texas. Researchers have made documentaries and written books. Lakewood Brewing Company even has paid respect with a limited-release Goatman beer. Michelle Velafranca, Natural Resource Specialist at the Fort Worth Nature Center and Refuge, photographed Thursday with the center's Goatman costume in hand. Michelle Velafranca, Natural Resource Specialist, said the stories are enduring because the lore is enduring she organizes the Lake Worth Monster Bash at the Nature Center in October to celebrate the monster along with being in charge of land management at the park she became the go-to collector of all things mysterious on the windowsill of our office is an empty bottle of Sierra Nevada Bigfoot Ale we have alligator sighting report forms she said we don't have any goatman man sighting forms But maybe we should start. In the summer of 1969, she tells the story. The summer of 1969 was hot and humid in Tarrant County. Back then, the area near Greer Island was gated off like it is now. Teenagers would go to Shoreline Road around the lake to be alone and enjoy the freedom of summer nights. On July 9th, a group of three couples was parked by a clearing. Around midnight, a beast leapt into the car from the trees above. The monsters tried to grab one woman, and they sped off before it could take her away, the witnesses said. The Lake Worth Monster. According to legend, the Lake Worth Monster lives on the shores of West Fork on the Trinity River. It can swim, climb trees, and eats fish and chickens. It is seven feet tall and has unhuman strength. Some reports say it has horns sprouting from its head, giving the monster the moniker of Goatman. We've had reports about this thing for about two months. A police dispatcher told the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, but you've always laughed them off as pranks. But an 18-inch gash on the car's side and a terrified nature of the witnesses led police to open a full investigation. It appeared in the newspapers the next day and the area was immediately caught in monster fever. Truckloads of men with guns headed toward Greer Island to hunt the thing. Spectators came out in droves to to catch a glimpse of it. Reporters swarmed in and police tried to keep the peace. Rick Pratt, director of the Greer Island Nature Center at the time, remembers folks coming out with wine, whiskey, and beer to have a good time and hunt for the creature. Here was a Sasquatch of our very own, Pratt said. It was a party. Like, what the hell, they said. Let's go. On the night of July 10th, a few dozen people were at the clearing known for dumping near the lake when the monster made another appearance. It appeared on the cliff above, looked angry, roared, although the reporters said a pitiful cry and threw a tire 500 feet at them. Everyone, including a group of sheriff's deputies, saw this and ran away in fear. One witness said the monster gave off a pitiful cry like something was hurting him. Craig Woolheater was nine that summer. He was fascinated with monsters, dinosaurs, and UFOs. He clipped out the newspaper stories and saved them in a scrapbook. Years later, while driving through Louisiana, he saw something unexplainable. In his headlights, he said he saw the gray body of a huge primate on two legs, which started the Texas Bigfoot Research Center in 1999. He believes that the Lake Worth creature was a real monster, that like the ones that have been spotted all over the country stopping the area because of the viable habitat. Personally, he thinks it's an undiscovered, uncatalogued primate species that walks on two legs. The summer of 1999, Fort Worth's Camp Center, just down Trinity River from Lake Worth, once went into the woods and late tree evenings, casting long blue shadows of the mosquitoes ripped at our ankles and elbows. We came to a clearing where the camp counselors had made a small campfire. They told us about the legend of the goat man. I personally think it's an undiscovered, uncataloged primate species that walks on two legs. Craig Woolheater, Texas Bigfoot Research Center said. You'll hear their cries clear at night. But I don't think it is a primate. I think the the logical mind wants to explain it away by ignoring the description of fur and scales, as well as half-man, half-goat, with long, sharp claws. They also discovered footprints. That's right, they discovered footprints, and apparently made casts because the sheriff's department was the one who ordered it. And they were larger than human footprints, but shaped with three toes, much like those of a large bird or a crane. Now, of course, the skeptics will say, well, of course it was a crane that they had discovered. I would also say it fits the chimeric approach to these creatures as being both reptilian and the mix-match of different bestial forms, because they are intentionally, intelligently controlled and designed. So I don't agree with the Sasquatch hypothesis at all. I say it's its own thing. And let me read you a little bit about chimeras. To help kind of paint this picture. And to get away from the what I think is a very poor representation as depicted in popular media, inspired by Hellenistic and ancient Greek art. The Chimera, according to Greek mythology, was a monstrous, fire-breathing, hybrid creature composed of different animal parts from Lycia, Asia Minor. It is usually depicted as a lion with the head of a goat protruding from its back and a tail that might end with a snake's head. It was an offspring of Typhon and Echidna and a sibling of monsters, Cerebrus and the Lernaean hybrid. Although the term Chimera has often come to describe any mythical or fictional creature with parts of various animals, it is most specifically mentioning this one individual creature whose parents were Typhon and Echidna whose siblings were Lillian hybrid Orthrus and Cerberus whose consort was Orthrus and whose offsprings were the Nemean lion and the Sphinx. According to Hesiod, the chimera's mother was a certain ambiguous she which was the preferred way of referring to Echidna the terrible, chthonic, underground, earth goddess. In which case, the father would presumably be Typhon. The god and terrible, uh, you know, ancient dragon, basically. The Hydra and Sito have also been mentioned in ancient mythology. However, the mythographers Apollodorus and Hygienius both make the Chimera the offspring of Echidna and Typhon. Hesiod has also the Sphinx and the Nemean Lion as the offsprings of Orthrus and the another ambiguous she that is often understood as probably referring to the Chimera and even again Sito. Homer described the Chimera in the Iliad saying that she was of divine stock not of men In the forepart, a lion, in the hinder, a serpent, and in the midst, a goat, breathing forth in terrible wise the might of blazing fire. Hesiod and Apollodorus gave similar descriptions. A three-headed creature with a lion on the front, a fire-breathing goat in the middle, and a serpent in the rear. The Chimera was active in other societies, not just ancient Greece and ancient Egypt. Fire-breathing lionesses were one of the earliest solar and war deities, represented 3,000 years prior to the Greeks. Etruscan civilization. Chimeras appear in the Orientalizing period and precedes Etruscan archaic art The Chimera appears in many Etruscan wall paintings by the 4th century BC. In Hindu civilization, pictures of the Chimera are on many seals. The Chimera of antiquity was not forgotten in medieval art, with chimerical figures appearing as embodiments of deception, even satanic forces of raw nature. They were depicted with a human face and a scaly tail, as in Dante's vision of Geryon in the Inferno. And hybrid monsters more akin to the manticore of Pliny's natural history began to take popular sway, providing iconic representations of hypocrisy and fraud well into the 17th century through a symbolic representation in Cesare Ripa's iconological The official possible origins of the chimera. And remember, this is not what I agree with. I agree that's an actual species and a direct representation that they saw of this creature that can project fire with its mind, that would terrify primitive peoples. But well, was just a mental projection of psionics. They believe it becomes it comes from the Neo-Hittite Chimera from Carchemish. Which is a type of Zoroastrian. I guess Zoroastrian winged bull type creature. How they would represent their heroes in their animal forms as bulls or lions with wings and the heads of men. these creatures which are also known as fawns and satires who have their own history I believe are actually chimeric being the details matter the details matter in these stories and the details from survivors and eyewitnesses matter the most and what they were said upon seeing this creature was that it had long sharp claws, a woolly, white, furry body, upper body, the head and horns of a goat, and the scales of a snake. Or fish. However scales. They said it had scales. So reptilian or a fish. And those three components cannot be ignored which is why I did not choose to describe it as a fawn or a satire, which is just goat and man. Specifically, man with goat features. Because they reported long claws, which the fawn and satire do not have. Yes, the goat horns. Yes, the goat legs, potentially. But even then, the actual footprints recovered on location were three-toed. Three-toed. An avian or reptilian, like a dinosaur or a large bird, like an ostrich. That can't be ignored, but that's a very rare fact. With many people choosing to ignore all of this altogether and simply say it was yeti or sasquatch. Or a swamp thing, um, you know, Sabine beast, but basically a type of sasquatch. A type of sash, which does not fit any part of the description, but is more socially acceptable in the framework of conventional thought and logic to most people than something radically different, even though it's historically vetted uh, because of its seemingly impossible nature. It's impossible chimeric nature, which is in the realm of the legendary and in the supernatural and in today's society, which is controlled by the hard atheists, the the material relativists, the nihilists, etc., the skeptics, the Freemasons, etc. So, I would like to position that just straight up, that it is not a Sasquatch, it is not just a fawn or a satire. It is one of these white devils And our white devils were the fawns, Or the satires in a different age of Cooperation slash Intermingling and coexistence Of an ancient time Uh, But these chimeras These white devils These subterranean intelligent Hybrid beings um, Would be capable Of projecting the illusion of Casting fire or spitting fire Roaring fire As well as even the face of lions and the bodies and whipping snakes at their their bodies. But in reality, they don't physically have that. It's the projections they can create as they can force you to, like, basically see their thoughts. It's called psionics. And um, in large crowds, I could also see that this would not be effective because it's impossible to control everybody's mental image of you when they're looking at you from so many different angles, from so many different perspectives and vantage points, as well as beliefs and and internal perspectives. You know, they're seeing you from different states of mind and different levels of agitation, different, you know, men and women, cops, uh, civilians, uh, men with guns, men without guns, you know, and it's all these different thoughts are going through it, so you are exposed and once exposed, forced to retreat. And then, once hunted, effectively hunted, because the police department was out there, the sheriff's department was out there committing a full investigation. There were hundreds of posses, uh, small bands of men with guns roving about, coordinating searches, you know, venturing off. This would force a full- on panic, especially if after a war, after already knowing the history of the danger that men possess with guns in against them as well as that they possess to men, but being completely outmatched up, vulnerable and and almost pitiful at that point. And we don't know if it was exiled. It could, it couldn't go back to its larger community. It was trapped, cut off, it was just dying. It was old. It wanted to die in peace. But that's why maybe the sighting stopped. Maybe it was just trying to die in peace. Maybe it was exiled. Maybe it was killed by the cops or killed by these men in black or these special forces later on, hidden after being exposed. You know, trespassing in our world. You know, interloping in our world for the ease of survival. But these creatures have been reported since ancient times. They're chimeras. They have places inside... Uh, the Chthonic, you know, greater crypto-terrestrial, you know ecosystem which is represented in the monsters and mythologies of the ancient Greeks, ancient Romans as well as all cultures Native Americans, etc. And we have, we have we have them in Texas we have goatmen in Texas we have Chimera in Texas we have a Baphomets in Texas. Thank you all very much for joining me on this Halloween special speaking about this cryptozoological subject. Deviating from the norm I know listening to this in the future You may not care, you may not get it You may not be vibing with it This is Halloween This is Sam Hain This is the time when the veil is thinnest This is the time to talk about these things That go bump in the night We'll be back with our regular scheduled programming but you know we always talk about what goes bump in the night. We bump back. Here at the Beyond Top Secret Texan broadcasts. Maybe if you're listening to this and you're from Texas, maybe if you're looking outside your window or deciding to go out for a smoke or a late night walk or a walk around. Your local lake, you might catch yourself face to face with a Texas goat man, whether you like it or not. Now I'm saying salam alaikum. Iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. God bless you and your families. Peace out.